0: is practicing again uh, and uh, just getting ready to wrap things up over at Rain Hitchkey Field in the Hudson Center as um, practice number two pretty much in the books. Mike Clement's going to be heading into the locker room. We hope to hear some sound from inside the locker room. Probably hear a lot of it coming up tomorrow on the program as well. But uh, the clouds have kind of engulfed the area a little bit, which is nice because the sun was getting pretty hot outside. But uh, most of the fans milling around and enjoying the time here in Green Bay. In the meantime, we now go down to Indianapolis, where Big Ten Media Day is uh, again underway. Zach Heilpren on site, and we've got to the Badgers now being featured in Indianapolis. Zach, how you doing? Doing good, Bill. So uh, what's the buzz today, Badger-wise?
1: Yeah, I mean, Luke Fickle, uh, we just got done talking to Luke Fickle. We, uh, we'll get the players here in a little bit. I uh, had a chance to talk with a couple players earlier today. Um, but, uh, you know, Luke Fickle, It's he's, the, he's one of the new guys on campus, right? He's one of three new coaches that's speaking today. And um, I think there's a lot of people interested in what exactly – luke fickle's badgers are going to look like uh, because it's likely going to look a lot different than what paul chris and jim leonard's badgers look like so i think that's been a, a big focus of the national folks that are that are here
0: how much do we expect it to be that different uh i know you know defensively speaking uh, jim leonard has been able to really create a lot of pressure with his ends and he's been able to do a lot of things with his safeties does Luke Fickle play anything similar to that, or do they like to bring pressure just strictly up the gut with their front four? How, how do they like to play?
1: It's going to be interesting, um, but what we saw in the spring and what I was uh, talking with Muma Meta today is the, well, one of their inside linebackers, and I think the word that we're going to find out with this defense is multiple. They have the flexibility and the knowledge to play a bunch of different fronts, whether it's a four-man front, it's a three-man front, whether it's six DBs, whether it's, you know, this this rover that they have the ability to to, to throw in and and, uh, use all different places. Like, they have the ability to play so many different ways because of the different body types that they have from the previous staff, which had so many edge guys, right, Um, the way that they used their outside linebackers those bodies can work in a bunch of different spots and so I think multiple would be the defense uh, the words that I'm going to use defensively for them they're going to work some of what Jim Leonard worked with and some of what we've seen for the last decade but also bring in some of the stuff that they used at Cincinnati as part of a 335 defense that was very very successful and right up there in the top of the country in 2021 um, when they went to the college football playoffs so I think it's going to look quite a bit different um, or it's, I think there's gonna be some similarities on defense offensively obviously things are going to look. Significantly different um, to the average fan and, and and to most people that watch, just because the uh, the formations are going to be so much different. But the idea behind what Wisconsin is, they're going to be they're going to pass the ball more, right? But they still want to be able to run the ball down people's throats. And I know Braylon Allen um, wouldn't be here if that wasn't the case.
0: The big question I have is the weaponry that they're going to be throwing to and what they have in the wideout position. Give me your thoughts. Has it been, you know, because we're used to not having a lot when it comes to weapons in Wisconsin. And it's almost an embarrassment of riches when you go to Ohio State and how many wideouts they've had and how many have been drafted. Whereas opposed to Wisconsin, they've been few and far between. Give me your thoughts on the weaponry they have to throw to this year
1: i think it is as talented a wide receiver room as they've ever had and um you know when they they needed to overhaul it uh, because it weren't the numbers weren't there especially since they're gonna be playing you know seven guys on a regular basis so they bring back DK and keontes lewis and skylar bell and then went out and added a bunch of big time players that i think are people are going to really love to watch C.J. williams four-star recruit that uh, went to USC, um, five-star in some people's minds. Bryson Green is down at Oklahoma State and led them in touchdowns last year, and he's here. And now uh, the one guy that I think is really going to jump out is Will Pauling from Cincinnati. Uh, I think we've talked about it before, Billy's He's Mm -hmm. from Illinois. Uh, A really, really good player, quick, uh, sudden, can get over the top of you really quickly. I think he's going to be dynamite for them in the slot. So they have those six, and then there's a bunch of other guys behind them that I think could help as well i've seen one person say that it's the biggest question mark for this team and i couldn't disagree more i think it is uh going to be a strength of this team the the different weapons that they have at the wide receiver spot is is as good as it's been
0: tell me about quincy burroughs um because i i had a couple people that tell me they were really 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 high on him
1: he's a big body uh, i was talking to tanner mordecai today the quarterback and Um, the first the the word that he used uh, with him is physical and uh, that's exactly what we kind of saw I mean he's a bigger body uh, playing on the outside he uh, had a little bit of a slow start to spring and and there were again what you there's a lot of guys there and so it's hard to jump up I'm not sure if he's going to be a guy that's going to jump out and be somebody that uh, helps them right away this year but he's a young guy and I think in future years he's going to be a player for them I I was really impressed with some of what he was able to do it's just Uh, There's a lot of guys in that room right now that are um, maybe more ready to contribute right away.
0: When uh, you you start talking about guys that can throw, uh, give me your thoughts on Miles Burkett because he was a guy coming out of Franklin high school here in Wisconsin that had a ton of accolades and a lot of expectation and now has fallen way down the depth chart. What are the plans for him? Do you think?
1: Yeah, I I think Miles is probably third on the depth chart at this point. Um, You know, he is. He was not like heavily, heavily recruited, right? Because he's a little bit of a smaller uh, quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, he has a he has plenty of big enough arms, um, but I think just because of the of what they did in that room, it's going to be tough for him to jump up. They they went and got obviously Tanner Mordecai for this year, but Braden Locke was as impressive, almost as impressive as Mordecai in the spring, and he's a redshirt freshman. And then you have Nick Evers, the the big you know big time recruit that they got out of Oklahoma in the transfer portal is another guy that probably is the most physically gifted of all the quarterbacks there. And uh, then they bring in next year, they bring in a neighboring matoyer a, a four-star quarterback. So it's, I think it's going to be a uh, uphill climb, but he didn't leave. Uh, but I think you have to give him credit for that. He, I mean, a lot of people in his position, a new staff, a new uh, offense, uh, not necessarily, you know, Phil Longo's not necessarily, he's not necessarily Phil Longo's guy. So, um, but he stick around because he, he loves Wisconsin and he's going to compete and we'll, we'll see what happens with him. But um, I, I personally kind of feel like it's going to be not Bill climb.
0: I know people wanted to talk about Jim Leonard going to Illinois and that was a topic of conversation yesterday. I can't imagine. Now I didn't get a chance to hear it. You will and did, but I can't imagine that Luke fickle wanted to dive into that pond at all. Right.
1: See, uh, I got a, one on one, with him later today. Uh, that I, that I probably will ask him about it. But it's, it is a, it was not a topic that was brought up uh, in the two little scrums that we've had so far with, uh, with Luke Sickle. I'm, um, I'm sure he'll be, I'm sure he'll answer it. and He'll be diplomatic with it, and you uh, like to wish him well and all that good stuff. But yeah, I mean, uh, I think Luke would have liked to have had him stay on staff. But I also think that it was probably a long shot, um, just based on what had happened between, um, you know. Chris mcintosh and uh, Jim Leonard. So, uh, but I'll, I'm going to ask him about it. We'll see what he says.
0: Talking with Zach Heilprin, a sports director of the Zone Madison, covering a Badger media day and the Big Ten media day down in Indianapolis. So, uh, yesterday there was a lot of discussion about Harbaugh and what's going on at Michigan. Anything new today? I mean, today it's all the topic. I was watching some of the college football stuff. This morning and listening to it uh driving up here to green bay and everybody's got an opinion on it like well it was during COVID; it's no big deal he shouldn't be suspended for this others are saying he was doing things outside of the rules he very much should be suspended for this but there's not going to be an impact give me your thoughts on what's the what what kind of is being said down there in indianapolis
1: yeah so he went on the podium right after luke fickle went on podium and when the coaches come off and we we get we get like another you know eight ten minutes with the coaches, so I didn't hear pretty much what was going on with uh, with, with Jim Halvin. Some of the questions were at him, and now he's right now talking uh, with some local reporters. So, um, look, I I think it's a situation not knowing the specifics of it. That uh, if it's serious enough, they they think it's serious enough to suspend them. Okay, but we also know who they play in those first four games. Nobody. So I think it's it's uh, personally being blown out of uh, proportion just a little bit, just because if he gets suspended, he gets suspended, it doesn't really matter. It's not going to be make a big impact. But I have not had a chance to talk to a, a lot of people down here about Jim Harbaugh.
0: I want to ask you about Ryan Day. If Ryan Day does not beat Michigan, now this, last year they had him at the shoe, they had him where they wanted him, and it all went away. Ryan Day can't beat Harbaugh. If Ryan Day loses again this year, do you feel that there's a ton of pressure on him or the or, or Ohio State to then remove him, or do you say, well, they lost one there at the big house? Let's wait and see one more year if they bring him back to the shoe. Because I gotta think, and I know a lot of people at Ohio State not happy with Ryan Day right now.
1: Do they go and make the playoff again like they did last year?
0: Good question. That's what I'm like, That's if, a, yeah. right?
1: like if they if they do and they put together the performance they did, I mean they they had Georgia, they had them. They were right there, pick that field goal, and they're going to the national championship game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, he lost two de- he lost two conference games. I know it's Michigan, and you're an Ohio guy. See, I understand, you know, that game means everything. It's kind of like on a much lower level, Wisconsin and Minnesota, and if Wisconsin had lost 13 or 14 straight to Minnesota like Minnesota had, people would be going crazy. Um, but I-, I just think what Ryan Day's done, especially recruiting-wise, and everything like that, um, it'd be very difficult to say, uh, see you later. But, again, Ohio State does things differently. And the, the obsession for Ohio State football and beating Michigan is at a different level than anything I think anybody in this state probably can, can uh, comprehend. But um, I think it'd be very tough for them to walk away from Ryan Day. But, again, it, it depends what it looks like. I mean, if they fight them all the way down to the wire and they, may go to, they uh, don't go to the Big Ten championship game, and uh, they still make the playoffs. I mean, right is playoff coach is getting fired? Like, that's just uh, it's crazy.
0: Yeah. Well, on the other hand, though, I mean, they he, he chose to sit on the football instead of trying to get it closer for a field goal that might have been a little bit easier kick. But also, don't forget, they fired John Cooper for the same reason because he couldn't beat uh, Lloyd Carr, and and they right. cut yeah. him loose. You know, so it, it, yeah. You're right. It's a, just a different standard there.
1: It's a, it's a different standard, and um, you know. The other thing is, next year, could we be looking at back-to-back games every year with these two teams? Mm-hmm. Uh, because you go away from the you go away from the divisions, they're going to play you know on the last day of the last day of the regular season, and then potentially the top two teams in the division or the the, the conference going to play again in the Big Ten championship game, and so you might get two chances uh, uh, at beating your rival on, on, in back-to-back weeks. I think it's going to be uh, going to be interesting. I, this is uh, a whole new no whole new age. To the Big Ten, and I, I think Ryan Day was talking yesterday about moving the, the game like to hire and t- earlier in the season, so you wouldn't be playing back to back. But that that also doesn't sound very appetizing. I think people love that being right. at the end of the season. So it's an interesting interesting topic.
0: Give me your thoughts on just uh, kind of the randomness. You've got Nebraska, who's forever been trying to be something in the Big Ten since they joined. You've got Iowa, who every year we talk about them possibly being a powerhouse and they have fallen short. Minnesota had their brief, uh, you know, spot in the sunshine and they were rowing the boat and then they've gone away. Give me your thoughts on some of those those second tier teams that we look at as competition, but they just have not been able to put it all together. Who's who do
1: you think this
0: year could emerge?
1: We talking about Big Ten West? Yeah. Are we just talking? Yeah. Um, well, look, Wisconsin's been picked to finish uh, to win this uh, division four straight times. They, including this year, they didn't do it the last three years. Um, so I think can Wisconsin emerge back into being the team that uh, is the top of this division? Um, I think the bigger question. I think the biggest question here is, what does Iowa's offense look like? This is the, their offense is the reason that they have not been able to. Uh, get over the hump. I mean, they their offense last year was horrendous, and it was through I think like six or seven weeks, one of the worst all time in in uh, football history, in college football history. And so, with Cade McNamara, uh the transfer from Michigan, coming in, they would seem seem to have a, a chance to uh, to figure it out because we know they're going to be good, very good defensively. They just are. And can the offense produce at a high enough level? And if it does, then you're looking at a team like Iowa that could get over the top. But again, I think it's I think it's Wisconsin. I think it's Iowa. Minnesota we'll see. Um, I know Brett Bielema talking yesterday feels very good about his team and thinks that they should be that they're that they're underrated. And then Purdue and and Northwestern. Northwestern's horrible or going to be horrible. They're going through a lot right now. And Purdue's got a first-year coach that has to instill a new uh, culture there with uh, Brian Brom. Uh, moving on, Jeff Brom, excuse me. Moving on, it uh, to me it's Wisconsin. To me, it's Iowa. Those are the two teams that are going to be fighting for it. And if if Iowa's offense figures it out, they could be the team that that wins it.
0: Always good to talk to you, Zach. Great stuff down there, at Big Ten Media Day. Look forward to the uh, the one on one with uh, Luke Fickle. So uh, and some of the answers to those questions too. Look forward to hearing all that stuff. Good stuff, man. I appreciate it. All right, thanks, Bill. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. That's our own Zach Hilprin down there at uh, Big Ten Media Day in Indianapolis and some great insight. Uh, I'll tell you who won today's practice here in Green Bay and who is doing all the up downs uh, or just finished doing all the up downs in Green Bay as uh, a practice yet again is in the books. Number two down with uh, a few more yet to go. But uh, today's practice has now come to an end as fans begin to trickle away from the Rainitschke Field and the Hudson Center, and they got their glimpse at a lot of the guys. By the way, Dontavian Wicks did not practice today. We just got word that uh, he had a concussion. Uh, concussion, so Dentavian Wicks not practicing today. We'll see if he's back at it again tomorrow. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends, God Love Quick Trip. Stop this morning when you have an RV full of dudes, kids, and you're you're waking them up early. I was up at about 4:30 this morning, on the road by about quarter after five, and we get up to the uh, the the travel center, the Quick Trip Travel Center there, uh, just below Oshkosh, and stopped. And you wake them up. Oh, let's go, monkeys! And all they say is, "I can't wait for." And then fill in the blank: the waffle, uh, breakfast sandwich, uh, the uh, cheeseburgers that they love, a piece of the. Pe- this is all breakfast food, by the way, that the the, the kids wanted to eat. A couple pieces of pizza. They all grabbed some drinks in the back. Then they uh, wanted a couple of a uh, couple of donuts and just the the glazers. So it was just quick trip. God, I love it just love quick trip and it doesn't matter if you're going in there for the bacon which is on sale right now two packs four bucks limit four or you're taking a bunch of kids in there they got to go to the bathroom they want to get some drinks they want to get the breakfast sandwiches they want to get the hamburgers the cheeseburgers they want to get pizza they want to grab all that stuff god love quick trip i just i love it so much they are also the official fuel provider of the big unit cruiser that we came up here in today and going to be heading to road america just after this here later today so thanks so much to our friends at quick trip The Northern Lights event venue. Northern Lights event venue. And uh, they got a lot going on. They uh, had last night, they had some good music outside. Northern Lights event venue is such a cool place. And I've been talking about it now for a while. And it doesn't matter what you're looking for. If you're looking to just go enjoy a drink on the uh, Milwaukee Riverfront, Or if you're going to go there and plan a dinner, say, uh, for some coworkers, something special that you're going to do, maybe a a rehearsal dinner, small wedding reception, small reception of any kind for that matter, wedding, photo shoot, business event, Event northernlightseventvenue.com. That's northernlightseventvenue.com. Beautiful space, downtown Milwaukee, right on the Riverwalk, right next to the Screaming Tuna there in the uh, Third Ward area. And just across from the third ward, actually, but awesome stuff. Northernlights event venue.com. See it for yourself. Northern Lights event, So a couple of different things. First, okay, let's let's start with all the different stuff we got going on right now. Okay, first and foremost, uh, today uh, you had the offense again doing the up downs. Uh, the defense won the day. 10 up-downs for the offense and the second practice for the Green Bay Packers has now come to an end. And um, the offense, while it did play okay, the defense played better. Uh, Lucas Musgrave today, by the way, a couple of drops. He had an inside slant in the red zone. Would have been a touchdown. I mean, hit him right in the hands. And uh, it's it, he's he's a tremendous target, big target. Reminds you of kind of... Jimmy graham type of target. But, again, big kid, got to hang on to the football. Got to hang on to the football. Um, Jordan Love did get one to Christian Watson. An out route uh, from the five-yard line, Christian Watson went up and got it. Uh, Rasul Douglas was all over it, man, all over it. But Love put it in the uh, – and this is what you want to see. These are the things that I look for. He put it in the only spot that Christian Watson could get it, not where Rasul Douglas could get it. It was a really solid pass, and you saw that flash today. So that was good. That was good. Still got a right tackle battle going on uh, between uh, Zach Tom and Yash Nyman. Engabari uh, today, they were switching back and forth uh, opposite Preston Smith. It's Justin Hollins and Engabari kind of going back and forth. Uh, Hollins was on the first team yesterday, Engabari on the first team today. No reps with the ones yet with Lucas Van Es. Uh, not that I really expected, but you never know. Uh, it could happen. Uh, so that was some of the things that came out of camp today. So, uh, But the right tackle position, you know, I, I – I don't know if, put it this way, you know there's depth there. You know you've got some depth. You know you've got experience. So not overly concerned about it, but you know you've got something there. Right? Um, also, let's do this. Let's get back to the phone calls real quick because I want to get into some other stuff. Sean Payton had some things to say today. Sean Payton, new head coach of the Denver Broncos, he had some slaps today that we want to get into the discussion of. Uh, Vegabond John is on the line. John, how you doing today, man? What's going on,
2: Bill? It is the thick of summer. Couldn't be doing better. Love the uh, love the heat wave. For anybody out there complaining, don't worry. We'll have snow again soon. But right. um, wanted to go back to a question that you and Grant were mulling earlier on what gives us confidence that this defense will be any better this year than last, right? We've had a lot of changes over the last, you know, you could even go back six, seven years. Every year, it seems like the defense has a new chance. And I've got a couple answers. Number one, I think your analogy for the car was awesome. I love car analogies. My one with Rodgers is you sell a classic car before it gets rusty in your backyard, and we did that. Mm -hmm. For the defense, we had a couple flat tires last year. The defense was not healthy for most of the season. So I think that's one checkbox, but... Even more so, early in the season, in that mid-park, we're relying on a lot of rookies at really fast-reacting spots. Quay Walker, being in the middle, off-ball linebacker, it's a really difficult position to play as a rookie, and we're asking them to start. Yes, they're first-round draft picks, but they're rookies. So there's a caveat there. Last reason here, we ended the year on a five-game streak where our opponent did not score more than 20 points. The defense ended hot. They did not have Rashawn uh, Gary. They did not have Eric Stokes. And we held the Bears, Rams, Dolphins, Vikings, and Lions, three top five offenses, to 20 or fewer points. If you can't win in the NFL when you're holding teams under 20, you're not going to win in the NFL. So there's my reason why I think it could get better, a lot of momentum at the end of the year.
0: Absolutely. That's that's fair. Appreciate the phone call. Vagabond, John, backing up Joe Barry. What I will say is I hope the second-half version of Joe Barry shows up and not the first-half version of Joe Barry. I think what happens is we look at that team that was living death by a 1,000 cuts so much into the season before finally they became a little more aggressive, and I think it was more – honestly, I mean, I have no – specific knowledge of this but i do know that matt lafleur was paying more attention to the defense now whether or not he said we're going to be more aggressive i don't know i I, that i don't know but something changed and i go back to two years ago when matt lafleur in that detroit game went to joe barry at halftime and said damn it you got you got to put pressure on the quarterback we're getting killed you can't do this and then he became more aggressive and the defense changed so will the real joe barry please stand up maybe we ask that question because if you go back to first half joe barry versus second half joe barry in the stretch run that they had it was two drastically different defenses but i will agree with you it, it it was better and they did streak and they did look better down the stretch remember guys complained devondre campbell complained preston smith complained. they were like well, you're not using us you're not doing what we jair Sander complained. he's like i don't I, i'm not here to be playing zone coverage I'm not getting paid to play zone coverage. So guys spoke up throughout the season, and that's when Joe Barry listened or Matt LaFleur listened. Somebody listened and said, hey, you need to figure out how to put pressure on quarterbacks. So 100% agree. Let's go to Ed listening to us in Madison also. Ed, how you doing today, man? What's going on?
3: I'm great. Uh, I love that call by Vagabond Die. I feel kind of like I'm following a stud now. i got to come in with some good game here. Um, listen, I agree with him a thousand percent. I just think Gary is going to be an X-factor this year. He, we've got to keep him healthy. And I know maybe we're going to see better, a different kind of coaching this year. We're going to find out how floor is actually going to be an offensive coach, not have a quarterback that's going to be leading us um, down some path of uncertainty every year. Um, I just, I'm really, I'm kind of, I'm trying to let go of Aaron Rodgers' um, debacle of, that we've been dealing with drama but yesterday kind of really hit a chord for me and I don't know how you felt when you heard it I'm kind of curious where you come in on the 35 million
0: He also made some comments, too, about a real shot at getting to a Super Bowl. uh, As if what he was doing here with or without Devontae Adams wasn't legit. Um, You know, look, uh, he is indoctrinating himself to a new team. It's like dating a new girl. You're going to do anything and everything you can to impress and do the right things. It's not until after you've been together for a while that some of your idiosyncrasies begin to show. You know? Um... So what I mean, the, plus it could be where he's just coming to the end of his career, going, "This is my last legitimate shot at getting to and winning a Super Bowl, and I got to do everything I can to get there. Otherwise, I'm just going to be a guy collecting a lot of money and padding my stats." So, you know, maybe he's just doing it in that sense too, with a different realization. But I'll say this, and I said this earlier today in, in this discussion, with with Rodgers doing this. It is a stark difference from when he went on the Pat McAfee show after the rumors began to circulate that he was going to get $50 million a year, up to $150 bucks for three years, and said that's not true. He's not doing that. It's not that amount of money. And then it turns out to be exactly that amount of money. And he had to be the highest-paid play, player in the end. Now, part of it was the Packers were trying to keep him happy. So you can maybe in part say, eh, shame on the Packers for going in that direction but I said all along he probably should have sat down with Gudikins. Gudikins should have looked him in the eye and said take what you want and every dime you don't take is what I'll spend on another player and then it's up to Rodgers he didn't have to sign that big contract when he was here but he did he knew exactly what he was doing it's kind of like and the analogy I gave was when you know the end is coming with a certain employer You know you're about ready to be done, whether it's your two-week notice, a month notice, whatever. But you know it's coming to an end. You know you're moving on, okay? You you don't have, you know, the utmost respect for the employer you're leaving. You appreciate maybe what they've done for you, but you're ready to move on. You're not giving them a bonus. You're not giving them a break. You're not going to take less money. None of that. You're like, I'm going to get everything I can, and then I'm going to move on to the next – job the next girlfriend whatever right that's kind of what this feels like like right now he's doing everything right he's enjoying himself the the new york media he's just the darling of new york he hasn't lost a game yet and he's doing everything right and hypocritically Let's be honest, I mean, because all of the things, this whole thing about needing to get into camp early and work with these young guys and get on the same page and how important those reps are and just the familiarity and the team bonding, all of that was just a giant steaming pantload of hypocrisy for what he was saying here over the last couple of years. Taking a pay cut, giving money back versus what he was doing here where he knew he was backloading that contract that was going to handcuff this franchise. Again, he knew he was on his way out. He knew that the time was going to come where they were going to choose Jordan Love, and he was going to be like, you know what? That's fine. You choose Jordan Love, but I'm going to make damn sure that I handcuff you when I leave. So Jordan's not going to have an advantage over what I had when I started. So just all these little things and then all the backhanded shots he takes at the organization by promoting – the Jets in a particular way, like the Lord, a real legitimate shot at a Super Bowl. What the hell the Packers been doing here the last decade? You know, your last legitimate shot was at a Super Bowl, if I remember, was when you tucked the ball and were going to run it, and instead you threw it into triple coverage because you didn't have enough balls to try to bust it into the end zone against Tampa Bay. So true legitimate shot at a Super Bowl, that was right there. You were 15 yards away. And all you had to do was grow some cojones and run somebody over, stick it into the end zone, and you could have found yourself in a Super Bowl. And instead, you chose to be a coward and throw it three straight times to the guy that was covered instead of even the guy that was open. So all these little things that he's doing, you know why they're, Why he's doing it. He's got enough money. Now it's about legacy, something we've been saying here for a while. But he was so hell-bent, because we know he lives with a chip on his shoulder. He was so hell-bent on showing up Gutekinds because Gutekinds chose love. He's not mad at love. He's mad at the organization. And then when he called up or his guy called up Mark Murphy and said, get rid of Gutekinds or get rid of Rogers." and Murphy said, nope to neither. Talk to you later. Well, you're under contract. You're not going anywhere, and I'm not getting rid of Gutekinds because you're pissed off and you're a whiny, cryy diva. Ain't happening. Well, then, then he was mad at Murphy too. Now he's not going to play. So, okay didn't play his best, played with a broken thumb, gave his all. I give him credit for that. But didn't do all the extra things that he's doing now because he was pissed. Nothing more, nothing less. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. Stay tuned. Got a whole lot more of the Bill Michaels Show. Coming up, we are live. We are in Green Bay, right across the street from the Ray Field where the Packers just wrapped up their second practice of training camp. Lambeau Field off in the background. So beautiful. Good stuff. Good to be here. Glad to be here. Thanks to our friends at D2, the sports bar inside the Best Western, right here where we're parked. They hosted us, done a great job. The Bang Bang Shrimp, fantastic. Good stuff. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. showering especially in this heat and if you're going to shower you got to use good water that is from the water doctors h2 the letter o doctors.com and uh, they are uh, based out of waukesha wisconsin but uh, they uh, have the Connecticut water softening system all over the state of wisconsin fantastic people and they do a ton of work charitable work for military members, veterans, and their families, and they donate to Fisher House, Wisconsin, a uh, big supporter of the motorcycle ride this year, call my buddy John, John Attlee, over there at the Water Doctors, for the best water softening system, whether it's the fact that your clothes get cleaned, you don't use as much detergent, or you just feel better getting out of the shower, or the water that you drink that you can take in, I, I challenge anybody at your home right now, unless you have a, water, a kinetic water softening system, take your water in, Let them analyze it. Let them take a look at it compared to the Kinetico system. I guarantee you the Kinetico system will be better. It's healthier. It's cleaner. There is no taste in water. There shouldn't be. So if your water tastes like something, it shouldn't. There shouldn't be any. It should just be crisp, clear, cool. That's it. And refreshing. And that's the water doctors. Our friends from the Kinetico Water Selfening System and the water doctors, 262-549-7733. 262-549-7733. Give Michelle. It is fantastic stuff. Um, the uh, I going back to the the argument of what happened in New York with Rogers giving money back and not versus here. Uh, it's just two different scenarios. That's it. Nothing more. You know. Now we're into the discussion. Well, Favre wouldn't have done that. If, stop. Favre's also uh, the guy that's you know many are testifying against for taking money from charity. It's like, stop, okay? It's whatever. So the bottom line is that Rodgers played extremely well when he was here. Um, the last NFC Championship game he played in was not good. The other ones you can look at and say, you know what? Bostic doesn't go up and try to catch that ball. They go on to win. Uh, the defense was better in San Francisco. Maybe they win defense was better against Atlanta, maybe they win. You know, you go through all those different scenarios. You know, I, you can't look at the record and say, well, he only won one, because that's, that's just a dumb comment. I just, it, it just is a, a, a tragically dumb comment. You are looking for a reason to hate, and there's no reason to hate. You know, you can be upset about certain things that are said and certain hypocrisies. I get that. You know, because you can clearly tell the relationship is soiled. We've seen that, whether it's in a personal relationship or this business relationship that he has with the Packers. It's done. It was time, you know. And, look, the only thing I can fault Gutekinds for was coming out of the season prior when Rodgers had the busted-up knee and played the entire season with it after injuring it in game one against the Bears. They thought Rodgers might be done. They started to look at it and go, well, is Father Time catching them? And then instead of bolstering this team with additional weapons or whatever, they chose to go in the direction of Jordan Love, somebody that he had scouted and scouted the year prior as well. And I don't think Jordan Love was worth trading up to get. They will argue that, obviously. But I'll say this, that's the only thing I can fault him for. He stuck with his convictions. He thought Rodgers might be approaching the end. You know? Other than that, you know, the first two years, eh, a little bit iffy in in draft for Brian Gudekins. But since then, I mean, you can't argue with some of the guys that he's hit on. I mean, John Runyon comes in and starts right away. You know, retaining Elton Jenkins, keeping David Bakhtiari, what they've done you know, with keeping Kenny Clark, finding Devontae Wyatt. Hopefully, Coy Walker takes that next step. Taking the shot at Rashawn Gary, I thought that wouldn't be a good pick. It turned out it was a terrific pick. Hopefully, he returns to form. Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, who played extremely well his rookie season before getting banged up last year. You know, some, you, you, you have to give him credit for what he's been able to do. And I'm hoping Musgrave and Watson and Dubs and Jaden Reed and Samari Torre and, all, you know, all these guys, Craft, uh, uh, they're all a real deal. You know, the retaining of Aaron Jones, the, the retaining and keeping around the one-two punch of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. You know, being able to fortify that secondary, bringing in Adrian Amos, then cutting him loose and being able to re-fortify it. It's just all those things has made this team viable. Now you just hope that the young guys come of age. That's what you're hoping for. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. When we get back, I promise you, we'll talk about Sean Payton's comments in regards to the New York Jets. I kid you not, Sean Payton making some uh, making some uh, derogatory remarks. How about that towards the uh, land that is Aaron Rodgers? Got a lot more of the Bill Michaels show. Don't forget coming up next hour. I want to remind you. Uh, in case you missed it, in case you missed it, uh, Mike Clements joined me in the RV a little while ago, and we sat here and chatted, and he brought up a lot of good stuff, and we didn't get a chance to really go too deep into it, but on the opposite side of the you know, spectrum... It, it, it was a great discussion, and it was early on in the first hour. Some of you don't get all three, all four hours. So, what we're going to do is replay it coming up in the next hour. So, stay tuned for that. Hang in there. We're, we're broadcasting live just outside of Ray Nitschke Field and the Hudson Center. Got Lambeau Field in the background. The kids are on the bikes. They're out riding around and enjoying uh, all the Packers players and such. And it's just a, a buzz here in Green Bay as Packers practice number two of training camp is now. In the books, and uh, it was a it was a practice that was won by the defense. As a matter of fact, uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at theniceash. dot com, three twenty three West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. Love the place, bourbons, whiskeys. Good, uh, good selection in that big walk-in humidor of cigars. Thirteen different flavors of hookahs. Live entertainment Thursday, Friday, Saturday. There is no reason not to go down there and just hang out, relax, and enjoy yourself. That's theniceash.com. That's theniceash.com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael
1: Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. <laughs> show
0: we uh, we're rocking
1: on
0: Have a good day today we are broadcasting live we're in green bay we are across the street from uh, the packers practice facility at the rain field their second practice of the preseason has culminated some good stuff out of jordan love today we saw uh, a few good throws that he had um, that uh, specifically one that he dumped in to christian watson uh there was one to Jaden reed um, did have the one pick as J.R. Alexander got his fingertips on it, knocked it into the air Devondre Andre Campbell, came down with it. Uh, the defense won the day today. Um, did Tavian Wicks did not practice because of a concussion. So we did find a few things out today, but uh, beyond that, not a bad day. Uh, and, and weather-wise here, it was hot and humid, but it wasn't stifling the way that uh, they had been predicting, like it was supposed to be 94, 95. I don't think it's quite that hot. It is sticky, but I don't think it's quite that hot. We had some cloud coverage today, which kept it a little bit cooler. Uh, by the way, the only thing uh, on the docket today uh, of interest to regarding Major League Baseball, the Cardinals and the Cubs are playing in St. Louis later today. Other than that, that's about it. you got a doubleheader with the Angels and the Tigers, but uh, nothing for the Brewers until tomorrow. you got Adrian Hauser against Chir- uh, Chirinos t- uh, tomorrow in uh, Atlanta as the Brewers are now in Atlanta for a three-game series against the Braves. you got the Cardinals will still be hosting the Cubs. Cincinnati will be on the road tomorrow beginning a three-game series in L.A. against the Dodgers. So that's where things stand uh, regarding that. Um, We did want to get into the stuff that was stated by Sean Payton. And Sean Payton, uh, the Denver Broncos coach now, said he doesn't want his team to look in the rearview mirror. But, you know, he looked in the rearview mirror. He called the work that Nathaniel Hackett and his staff did with the Broncos one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. Said there were 20 dirty hands around quarterback Russell Wilson's career worst season. That included 16 touchdown passes and a league-high 55 sacks. Ultimately, Peyton summed it up with everything I heard about last season We're doing the opposite. I mean, ripped Hackett, who is now with the New York Jets, where Hackett is the offensive coordinator and traded for the high-profile quarterback Aaron Rodgers, his buddy. Uh, It doesn't happen often where an NFL team or organizations get embarrassed, Peyton said, but that happened here. Part of it was their own fault. Uh, relative to spending too uh, so much blanking time trying to win in the off season, the PR and pomp and circumstance, marching people around and all hit all this stuff. We're not doing any of that. The Jets did that this year. You watch. Hard knocks, all of it. I can see it coming. Remember when former Washington owner Dan Snyder put the Dream Team together? I was at the Giants in 2000 when I was a young coach. I thought, how are we going to compete with them? Dion Sanders is there now. That team won eight games or whatever, he said. So, listen, I just put the work in. He ripped what's going on. What's going on with New York Jets? Peyton supported Wilson throughout the offseason. He's offered that, uh, you know, a better structure this year, better vision on offense. As he said, he's got plenty of gas left in the tank. Man, we ran that kid through the car wash a hundred times now. But that's a storyline, though. How is it going to look? How is it going to work? You know what? We're fixing it and going to find out, as Bill Parcells would say, he said. And on Hackett's general manager, George Patton's treatment of Russell Wilson, oh, man, there's so much dirt around that. There's 20 dirty hands for what was allowed, tolerated, the freaking training rooms, the meeting rooms, the offense. I don't know, Hackett, a lot of people had dirt on their hands. It wasn't just Russell. He didn't just flip. He still has it. This BS that he's hit the wall, no. Shoot, they could get a play in. They were 29th in the league in pre-snap penalties on both sides of the ball. Couldn't do it. Couldn't get in a damn play, he said. That was his fault? That was the parents who allowed it, he said. That's not the incrimination on him, but the incrimination on the head coach, the GM, the president, and everybody else who all watched it just happen. Now, a quarterback having an office and a place to watch film is normal, but all of those things get magnified when you're losing, and that other stuff, I never heard of it. We're not doing any of that. Just ripping the way Nathaniel Hackett handled the Denver Broncos. I mean, ripping it. And you know what? Look, he's doing two things. One is whatever he's heard about Nathaniel Hackett, he clearly has no, you know, attraction for. Secondly, he's sticking up for his guy. That's what he has. It's not like he can say, you know what, Russell, Russell hit the wall. Wilson sucked last year, and he's going to suck this year. He knows monetarily they're stuck with this guy. I was going to say, Bill, the extension kicks in. It goes through 2029. He doesn't have a choice. Right? Of course he's going to back his guy. So I take it with a little bit of a grain of salt, but, man, did he unload on Nathaniel Hackett now with the New York Jets. Holy crap. When we come back, really good conversation in the first hour of the show today with Mike Clemens. I want you to hear it. I want you to hear it. Both both the, the full half hour. Stay tuned. That is coming up next to the Bill Michael show.